welcome to Motherhood Unedited. I'm Shana Feingold, a licensed clinical social worker, postpartum coach, and founder of Mindful Reflections. I'm here to show you motherhood in all its glory through speaking with moms about their experiences. It's time women got the chance to speak their truth and to realize that they aren't on this journey alone. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood Unedited. I don't know about you, but as a mom, I find myself constantly comparing myself to others. I look at other moms in my life and I see them rock in motherhood in a way that I'm not. They seem calm, cool, and collected, while I feel like my insides get rattled pretty easily sometimes. Now, I know comparison happens in life, and it's hard not to compare yourself to other people. But have you ever stopped to think about what other moms are thinking about you? Is it possible that the mom that you're comparing yourself to is actually comparing themselves to you? And that's one thing that I try to remember when I'm falling into that comparison trap. Comparison is the topic for this week. And I'm lucky to be speaking with Danielle Hahn about it. She talks to us about her experiences with comparison and how she has managed those situations. She also talks about some of the ups and downs that she has had to, to go through and her own advice for her fellow moms. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Hi. How are things going? Going really good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, it's really great to have you on Motherhood Unedited. So there are a lot of different topics we could discuss around motherhood, which I'm, I'm sure you could just talk days on. But I thought today we could chat about the idea of comparison but and how that relates to motherhood. But before we do go into all of that, I want to hear about your own experience with motherhood, especially, I always like to start this way, that transition from not being a mom to being a mom, however that looks for you, like the expectations of it, did it meet that? First, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. Uh, My motherhood journey, I would say, is it's something that I knew I always wanted. I always wanted to be a mom. And I knew I wanted to have at least three kids. I kind of thought three to four, somewhere I came up with that number. And um, I would say my husband and I, we were able to get pregnant pretty easily, like once we had planned on doing that. Um, And actually at the time I was working as a labor and delivery nurse. I was new on that unit at the hospital and That was terrifying and also enlightening, but um, I thought I'd be even more prepared. I still went to the class that you take to talk to you about what to expect, and um, everything went really well with my pregnancy, and then when I, well, I didn't go into labor. I was induced, and it was kind of a, a bit of a nightmare. I went in at night. And actually it was my birthday. So I was due around my birthday, went in that night so that my baby would be born on a different day than my birthday. My doctor just thought that would be better than sharing, I guess. And 
I was induced overnight. I think they used Cytotec and um, by or soon, quickly into it, I was feeling contractions and just making super slow progress. So they were actually talking about sending me home in the morning. And then my doctor came in and said I was like one centimeter and so broke my water. But I feel like the stress of the induction and and then having my water break and then I got an epidural quickly after that because I was just so uncomfortable, which I didn't think that the class I attended really spoke to how like much pain it was going to be. <laughs> and I had experience as this labor and delivery nurse and I still just you just don't know what it's going to be like until you're in it. And I know they can't probably tell you, but they should say it's really intense. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So um so I got my epidural and then um the baby was just really struggling with I think all that was going on in the stress of the induction, the stress of what happens to your body when you get an epidural and um, the epidural, I don't even think took. So I think they were giving me more pain medicine is kind of just going into one side, but that medicine was affecting her heart rate. And so pretty soon, like, and I know they were super busy on the floor and I kept pushing my button because I knew as I'm hearing the fetal heart tones on the monitor, as a, a nurse, I knew like that wasn't a good sound, but I was also just groggy and tired because now it's like, six in the morning. I've been awake all night in this like labor and I heard it go down, the heart rate go down. And then pretty soon a lot of people were in my room and ended up getting just really crazy. And they called for this emergency C-section where they actually put me under all the way because they had to do things so quickly. And thankfully everything was fine. And she was completely healthy when she was born. Um, but because I had been put under at that time, then after the surgery, they sent me to the PACU and um, for recovery. And that was on a different floor than I had even labored on. So basically, they my room was a disaster, you know, cords everywhere. And um, the bed wasn't in there. It was just like this crazy scene. And my husband is in that room wondering what's going on. And they bring him this baby and he, you know, holds our daughter. He holds her for the first time and I'm not even there. I am just like, who knows? I'm out of it and oh, wow. in another area of the hospital. So he's just all alone in his, in our hospital room by himself mm -hmm. now with our new baby. And, um, and then I came, you know, I came back a couple hours later and I, technically recovered just fine, but I definitely had a lot of, well, for sure. I didn't, I didn't get diagnosed, but I had postpartum depression because that just was not how I saw it going. And I was so sad about that. I was sad. I didn't get that experience that yeah. I thought I was going to have. And that really took a toll on me for a long time. And now I feel fine. I don't feel sad, you know, about that like I did, but that was really hard and it took a long time to be okay with how things went. Maybe it helps that my next three babies that I had, I, I did a VBAC and it was successful. Yeah. I don't know how I'd feel now, I guess, if I didn't have that opportunity, 
maybe I'd be fine, but that was really hard. Yeah, I think that this idea that we have this plan of how we think it'll go and and even going to those classes, yeah, they they tell you certain things, but I don't know. I feel like it's not always how they portray it. There's so much that happens outside of that where it's not just like, oh, you go into labor and then you go to the hospital and, you know, it's painful because we all know that child labor is painful, but it's it's like a whole nother thing that you don't even comprehend until you're in it. So, yeah. For sure. And everyone has their own unique experiences and yes. outcomes and yeah. Yeah. And just going into this idea of comparison, even with delivery, did did you mm-hmm. feel that? Did, were you kind of comparing your friends or family or whoever to? You know, hard to think back, but I'm sure that I was because I just felt, you know, slighted that I didn't get this same opportunity that other people had that I knew. And um I I don't feel like I was comparing myself to a certain person in particular, but just very focused on everyone who got the opportunity I wanted and how I didn't, even though I knew plenty of people that in my line of work and some friends that had had C-sections. Um, you know, a lot of people after at some point were sympathetic to my sadness, but then at some point they're like, you just need to get over it. And yeah, it was so hard. It just, it really just took time. And sometimes people, they just don't, they want you to be through it faster. Right. Yeah. I, I've seen that happen. And I've, I mean, even in the clients that I work with sometimes where it's like, you're going through this hard time and then you're supposed to get through it faster to make other people feel okay. And you're like, what What about my mm-hmm. experience and what I'm feeling? Isn't that legitimate? Can't I feel sad that I didn't get the birthing experience that I wanted or that, you know, I'm struggling with managing motherhood now? Like, isn't that okay? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, speaking to comparison, I definitely felt like during that period of that postpartum depression, comparing myself to other moms that to me seemed like they were doing okay. And I wasn't, you know, they were out and about maybe, and I didn't want to be or whatever was going well for them. And maybe what wasn't for myself or things like that. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent a thing, the comparison. And I don't know how you feel about social media and I don't know how much you were on social media back when you first became a mom, but (laughs) No, it definitely was in my life and I feel like there's so, so much good and bad to it because I love connecting with people and it's definitely a way to stay connected and see friends, acquaintances, whatever, and different, you know, highlights of their life, but you forget that they are the highlights and you don't see everything. So definitely is um, you have to remind yourself of that. And I have to frequently do that because I will look at everyone going on vacation or who has a boat or has a cabin. And especially in the summer, I have a really hard time just with all that, even still 
because my husband works so much in the summer. He puts in a lot of hours. And so we can't do as much stuff as I'd like to. And we just don't, you know, have things some of the other people have, but you're really seeing the highlights of their life. And you have to remember that you're not seeing the lows and their struggles and, and everyone has that. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's, I always say that about social media because I had a hard time with it as well. I actually had to get off of social media, especially when I was going through some postpartum and, um, it, it, it really is a, a challenge because you look at all of their pictures with their kids and you're like, I don't feel that way. I'm not experiencing that. And it p- takes its toll sometimes. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a, a good point to, to talk about where it's just one snippet of that person's life and we don't see what comes after that or right. in between. So yeah, for sure. And as you I want to, I, you had mentioned that you had VBACs mm-hmm. for the other three. That's a, that's a huge, I don't even know if it's an accomplishment, but that doesn't happen very often where people are successful at, they always have this idea that, yeah, I could do a VBAC in subsequent pregnancies and, and then there's further disappointment when that doesn't happen. So what was that like? How did that get planned or was that even planned? Is it, I don't know, what were your thoughts around that? Yeah, I knew that I wanted to do that. I knew that was a goal. And I, having my background experience at the time as a labor delivery nurse, I felt like I, I suspected that the reason I had to have a C-section the first time wasn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't the case that I was laboring and my baby, you know, had trouble fitting through my pelvis or something like that. I didn't even get that far into the labor before things happened and turned south. And I really felt like the baby just was stressed from, from the induction. And so I felt like I had a good opportunity to give it a try. And I went into it knowing it may not, I talked to my doctor a lot about it and he was okay with it. And, uh, there was some conditions like we weren't going to induce me and we weren't going to use medications, well, like for induction, Mm -hmm. or if labor kind of stalled, we weren't going to stress the baby and my uterus. So I knew that going in and I just had hope that I could do it. I don't know what would have happened if I didn't. And, and actually like, I definitely was a big um, supporter of trying it for sure. If it seemed like appropriate. And when I was successful, a doctor who wasn't even my doctor, but because I worked on the floor, you know, you would get to know many of the doctors and staff that work in labor and delivery. So I know this one doctor and she was like, as soon as the baby came out and like baby cried, she was cheering and just like so excited for me. So that was really cool. Um, but on the flip side, after I had had my fourth baby and that was also those next three were feedbacks soon after that, um, some, some, a friend of one of my coworkers had had a VBAC and, and the baby died. And so it really set in like how lucky I am that I was able to do that and just blessed and that everything worked out 
you know, for me and just what a blessing that is that there weren't any, I didn't have any complications. Yeah, no, I, it can go either way. I mean, with any delivery, but then with VBAX, I know there are extra added complications that can happen. And so, yeah, it's not a, it's not an everyday occurrence that those, that those kinds of things happen. So yeah, yeah, that, that is very lucky. (laughs) I know. And I didn't, I didn't really, I guess I, I saw a lot more success stories with it than any bad outcomes. Mm -hmm. So that was my view. And I just, I, I still feel like it is safe, but it is a reminder that you just, you never know. Right. Yeah. That, that stress that it can put on the body and the baby is, is real. But did you notice after having the other three naturally that recovery and everything was, was better, was easier? Um, I, I felt like there was a small difference. It was an easier recovery, but it, it wasn't as easy as I thought. I thought it was going to be a lot easier in comparison. And it was still, it is still a recovery from having a baby. So, <laughs> so That's there was sure. still cramps and pain. And I think I probably had an episiotomy and stitches and you're moving slow. And then mm-hmm. with breastfeeding, just all the stress that comes with that. So it wasn't a walk in the park, but it was a faster recovery. What was it like adding, well, let's start with going from one to two. What was that transition like? I feel like every kid has been an adjustment and I would not say adding a kid is easy. And um, I would say though that My second was born in April, and that was definitely a better time of year for me. Living in Wisconsin, the weather for my first was January, and it was cold and dark and gray and hard to get outside versus April by the time I was recovered, you know, a few weeks postpartum, it was a lot easier to just get out for a walk and get some fresh air and already having had experience of what to expect from the first baby. I guess it was a bit easier. Um, It was also, though, a a time in my husband's work schedule where he gets insanely busy. Uh, He works in baseball. And so he that was super stressful just thinking about how am I going to do this with him not being around, you know, half the time, not home at night, like ever. He's just he's working so much. So. That was definitely added stress, but I had support from family, which definitely helped. Yeah. Support is a huge piece and we could probably have a whole a whole episode just on support, right? But if going into this comparison thought, this is even your own comparison. If you're comparing just having four kids to having just one kid. I know obviously like there's definitely different challenges that you've kind of talked about, but does it get at all easier in terms of adding other mouths and even companionship? Like, is that easier? Yeah. Um, definitely. 
things, some aspects of it are easier. You know what to expect with recovery from having a baby and just stages they're going to go through. Um, Every person, every baby is different. So you're going to run into that. But um, things that are easier, it's nice for me. I have two girls and then I had two boys and they're all within two to three years apart. So um, my, my two little boys, they, they play so great together and they're each other's friends and my girls. So, so my oldest was a little more um, independent, still is not as imaginative. So more serious and the boss. And the second one was very imaginative and sometimes then, they couldn't play as well together, but, um, uh, some things are easier, but it's still like, it's, it's still overwhelming at times, you know, like right now, three are in school. They're in kindergarten, third grade and fifth grade. And then my littlest one is three and he's home with me, um, part-time. I'm actually out of nursing now and doing podcast management, So I am home with him and the schedule works a lot better for my family, but I'm still sending him to daycare part-time and so that I can get some work done, uh, uninterrupted work. And yes, that is huge. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Because he just wants all of my attention and doesn't understand yet, you know, that we may need, I need some uninterrupted time, but Um, so the three in school, they come home with, even the kindergartner has homework because of the school that they're at. They all have homework and some activities and it's just, and dinner and just everyone has different likes. So even planning a meal is challenging, but you kind of have to take a a little bit of a stance. And I mean, unless you want to drive yourself crazy, you can't, you can't, um, just go with everyone's individual needs on some things. You know, I can't make five different meals for dinner. So you, you may have to have right. something you don't like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sometimes that, that does indeed happen. Yeah. Yeah. You can only do as much as, as you can. Um, so what was that transition like going from a job where obviously you rely, you are, under someone else to having your own business and then also obviously being a mom. I was always drawn to entrepreneurship, I want to say, because I, even while nursing, I'd have these side gigs with different um, multi-level marketing kind of businesses and then finally found one that was more my own, building my own business. And when I found podcast management, that really felt like this niche I wanted to be in because as a nurse, I working on someone else's time, working a lot of holidays and weekends and long shifts and night shifts for many years. Um, Once I got out of those, uh, those roles, which were these crappy schedules, then the work I was doing as a nurse was just so not fulfilling. It was like insurance and, um, different things that I didn't enjoy and didn't feel like I was helping. And so I always just had this, uh, this inclination to do something for myself and do something more. And just, I don't know, 
I want to help people, but I wanted to do it in a different way. And so I found a program online that taught me how to start my own business. And then I found podcast management and was just really attracted to it because I love working with clients who are helping people. They're usually coaches and they're helping with people's mindset, maybe faith, parenting, all these things that um, are just so important for moms specifically is who I really tend to like working with and helping a client, you know, get out this message that inspires somebody or teaches somebody something that's bettering their life. It feels similar to nursing. It's just in a different way that works better for my family life. And, um, you know, it's just this new, exciting journey that I've been on the last couple of years and I'm really enjoying it. Oh, that's so awesome. To be able to really find that balance in being a mom and doing something you love, I think that's such a great, a great thing that you're able to accomplish. Yeah, and you know, it is. It's still hard. It's hard to figure out. I mean, the kids are my number one priority, and they are so consuming, all consuming of you know your energy and emotions and your time and all this. So you know, the, it is, it's just, it's hard to find a balance. And I guess the balance is uneven because they get more, but still it's working, fitting in time around, around them and my family to have my own business, which is, they're so happy that they aren't at after school care anymore. And they're so happy that we just got to take a vacation and that I'm a, we don't have to plan like holiday stuff weird or I get to be at everything. So it's been, that's definitely been huge. And how has that been for your own emotional piece of So, I mean, so good. I, I was feeling so much stress around just not doing what I felt fulfilled with, not following you know, this course that felt in alignment with my beliefs and values. So I was joking to my husband that it just feels soul sucking going to work and playing this insurance game in the role I was in. And I also just feel like healthcare has, it's just not even helping people that much anymore. For sure, if you're like having a stroke or a heart attack, those things, there's amazing medicine for that. But I feel like so many people are just getting placed on so many medications and those have side effects. And it's not really, it's not, it's not getting to the root cause and it's not going to really change their life for the better. I mean, temporarily maybe, but there could be, I just wish the focus was more on wellness. Yeah. I think you're, you're spot on with that piece of it because, right, we throw a pill at something or whatever medication it is, and we're just like, that'll be the the end of this. But that's not always how it works, and sometimes that just adds on more crap to all of this. And, yeah, it's that's a definite struggle, sure. and I could totally see how that would burn you out being in that in that field consistently. Mm -hmm. So, and that's been, I think a common theme of the pandemic is 
you know, people starting to realize what are my priorities and is this it? So, yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, that definitely was the tipping point was just whatever, all the things going on at my hospital related to the pandemic and just what I wanted to do and what my choices were and then taking a leap of faith. Yeah. I mean, I had someone else on this podcast who made a a comment that, you know, a lot of things are out of our control, including the pandemic, including, you know, sometimes hospital administration, all of that piece. But we have the power over our lives to make changes and to do the things that we need to do to make it better. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and to just focus on your own well-being, your health, your mindset, um, focus on gratitude and things like that to just these are hard times and they still are. And so you really do have to work on yourself and be open to that. And it's really going to be so good for you in the long run. Yeah. What do you think you're, you're grateful for in all of this? Well, I'm grateful for the push, I guess, to get me out of the hospital. I mean, things that were happening really were a catalyst to leaving. And I was really, or I am really grateful for everything that came out of the pandemic. I mean, I'm grateful to have more time with my kids. And most of the time when I focus on gratitude, I really just, I focus on the love that I I receive from my kids and what I give to them. And that impact and that feeling and my spouse and our family. And just, I mean, we are comfortable and everyone's healthy. And I just try to focus on all those things and, yes. And just feel so much gratitude about that. For sure. Yes. A hundred percent. And as we kind of start to, to wrap up, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a mom who might be in a similar circumstance as you, whether it's they're gonna they're thinking about leaving their job or maybe they have multiple kiddos and managing everything that's on their plate? Like what would you say to the to that woman? You're thinking of leaving your job, and it sounds similar to some of the things I've said. I would really encourage you to find a way. And I know not everyone has the same opportunities, but um, there's, there's programs out there that are amazing and they can really help you get started and to focus on gratitude because that will really just help your, your mood as you move forward through, you know, the different stressors or steps that you're taking and, And related to motherhood, you know, having multiple kids or, I mean, even if I only had two kids, I know those two would take up so much of my time and my energy and um, because that's what kids do. And so I would just say, I was just recently reminded, actually, I visited um, an uncle and his kids are grown and he's kind of waiting for grandkids. And he just had a blast with my kids. And he said something like, you are so lucky. And, you know, just, it really just made me think like, yes, I am. And 
I read a post too about this recently and it's hard. You're in hard times, but it doesn't last forever. And you want to wish away some of these tantrums and bad behaviors and all the fighting that they do amongst each other, but it's not going to be like this forever. And there is so many good times, so much that is good that you're going to miss. And I know a lot of people say that, but Mm -hmm. when he said that, when my uncle said that, I could just see the truth in it because he's out of this stage and missing it. And so I know I will miss it too. Yeah. It is hard sometimes when you're in the cusp of it to be like, I'm going to miss this. But yeah, when you look back, we have, (laughs) we kind of look back on it fondly sometimes where you're like, I remember when they were babies and I could hold them and they, they didn't move. And so we're always kind of thinking back and, so yeah, sometimes it is just being in the moment and appreciating the stage, even in its good, bad times and then there's the good. So for sure, knowing that there's ups and downs, that's that's really helpful. Thank you. If someone wanted, if starting a podcast or needs assistance with podcasts, what is the best way to get a hold of you or in touch with you? Facebook, I am on Facebook. It's, my name is on there as Danielle Telly Han, H-A-H-N, and direct messaging works. I also have my Calendly link there. I do have a website. It's not very pretty, but I'm at hello at DanielleNicole.com. And that's D-A-N-Y-E-L-L-E-N-I-C-O-L-E. Awesome. And those will be in the show notes. So feel free to, to click them or and to and to find Danielle if you need help with any of your podcast needs. So awesome. Thank you so much for being here. It was such a, a pleasure hearing your experiences and sh- having you share your story with everybody. I know that it's it really is inspirational and can help so many moms out there. So thank you again. Be kind to yourself, everyone. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode on motherhood unedited, where we are getting real and raw about the mom life. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it gave you some clarity on your own motherhood journey. Don't forget to download and share the episode with anyone you feel who could truly benefit from the message. Also, if you have enjoyed listening to Motherhood Unedited, please take a moment and write a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. My goal with this podcast is to give back to mothers everywhere in a variety of ways. Right now, the place that I am putting much of my focus is in the Ukraine. That being said, for every review I receive, I will be donating a dollar to UN Women USA to help mothers and children who are fleeing and fighting for their lives in the Ukraine. Every woman and child deserves to feel loved and safe. Your support means more to me than you know. Lastly, if you are a mother struggling right now, please connect with me. My practice, Mindful Reflections, is here to help any way that we can. Check out my website at mindfulreflections.com. Thank you again for tuning in. See you next week.